1: Of The Last Felony, Ion Dissonance, and Cryptopsy, there is this episode and over 450 other ones to help you enjoy life, metal, and craft beer. So what are you waiting for? It's time to become a Vox and Hops head. Cheers.
0: This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network. Visit JabberjawMedia.com for more shows like this one.
2: That's how you start a podcast with some nursery rhyme, Pee Wee Herman bullshit. What's the word? It's your man, Doc Coyle. Welcome to the X-Man podcast. You know, guys, I'm in uh, Sauget, Illinois, a.k.a. St. Louis, and uh, just got done playing a show, about to start this headline tour tomorrow with Bad Wolves. Looking forward to that. And I was like, you know what? i gotta get me a podcast out that's right and you know what i'm not gonna do a monologue this week i have to i have so much stuff to get into that i am just going to get into it first thing first we have a show sponsor this is a band called heartsick and they are from lansing michigan and they actually Have been around for a long time under the name No Life. That's no, like you know something, and Life L Y F E. And I'm going to play a song right now entitled Mike and Drew. Check it out. That was Heartsick with their track, Mike and Drew, and they are working on a new album. So definitely look for that. You can check them out at heartsickband.bandcamp.com or facebook.com backslash heartsick. They have some shows coming up. They're playing Stop the Insanity Part 3 at The Wire in Berwyn, Illinois on June 16th on July 8th. They are playing at the intersection in Grand Rapids, Michigan, and on July 11th, or I'm sorry, July 28th, for that matter, they are playing a festival called Unity Rocks. So, huge thanks to them. I hope you guys enjoyed the song. I enjoyed that song. And you know what, guys? It's going to be kind of like DJ Doc this week, you know what I'm saying? Because I'm playing a lot of music this week. So, right now, as well, I'm going to play a song from one of my old favorite bands, uh, a band called the agony scene and i was a fan of their record that they put out on um roadrunner in the mid-2000s called the darkest red and they have returned the agony scene have returned with a brand new single uh it's called hand of the divine and it's from their album out now called tormentor on outer loop records and yo guess what john berkland the drummer from my band bad wolves actually played drums on this track so let's check this out this one's called hand of the divine That was badass. So, that was the agon with their new track, Hand of the Divine. And I was wrong. I'm sorry, the album is not out. Tormentor, uh, which is on Outer Loop Records, will be coming out July 20th. Uh, but you can actually stream that song right now in all of the places you stream Apple Music, Spotify, you know the deal. And physical pre orders are now available at merchnow.com and they're actually going to be touring this summer on Summer Slaughter tour, very, very badass tour with some sick bands like between the buried and Me, Born of Osiris, Veil vale of Maya, and many, many more. Hit me up. Let me let me know what you think. Because me, my neck is broke from listening to that. I was I was rocking out and I'm old anyway, me. My, you know, I'm out here, see me, I have a bad back to begin with. Then I had some new shit with like the middle of my back, everything went out. And it just felt like um, I had like a, um, a boomerang up in between my, my 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 back piece. And then so it was the lower back, the mid back. And then I threw something out in my neck and then that's messed up. So right now my neck is hurting. And so I'm a mess, all right? Don't be like me, be better than me, okay? I don't know. I don't know how much longer I can I can take this, guys. I need I need uh, some Terminator shit or some cybernetic uh, upgrades. I need See, that's the thing. That's the only reason why I want to make money so that I can get some upgrades, you know, get me some Botox, you know, get some dick enlargement stuff or maybe dick reduction, you know, go the other way. You know, everyone, everyone expects you to get a big dick. You know, I'm, I'm going to go the other way, you know, just 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 switch it up on them, you know, maybe little dick, big balls, you know, go for that procedure, you know, give a girl a good balling. You know, I don't know if my girlfriend would like that, but, you know. It's original, you know, and that's and that's something. Not everyone's being original these days, and uh, I don't know if Rockabilia, my sponsor, will enjoy that segue. But you know, that's what we're doing here. All right, it's late at night. That's what I'm doing. A lot of these, I'm getting in like a dressing room, you know, setting it up. So anyway, Rockabilia, you guys know my sponsor. And if you don't, is your first time listener? Rockabilia.com is the number one stop shop for all things band merch. They have half a million items. Their stuff is authentically licensed from the bands. Um, I wear their stuff all the time. I got this Metallica hoodie from rockabilly.com And there's also a, an exclusive Bad Wolves t-shirt over there. You can go over there right now and get a 15% discount uh, with my code PCJabberJaw. Check out and support the sponsors of The X-Man Show, rockabilly.com. Thank you guys so very much. And with that out of the way, let's talk about my guest, Mr. Mike Moholland, Moholland, Mul- Mulholland Yeah, you know, I think I missed my calling as a network broad- broadcaster. Uh, yes, Mike is he's the fucking man. So I met this guy. He was playing with a band called Immure and we did a festival tour with Finger Death Punch called Trespass America and also featured Killswitch Engage and Trivium. And I was a fan of of Amir, but I didn't re- I didn't know anyone in the band really except for Jesse and Frankie. So I met pretty much the rest of the band. Actually, no, I'm sorry, I knew the Mark the drummer uh, Mark because he was in um, Bury or Dead. So excuse me. So I did know some of the guys. But anyway, I, I was a fan of the band, and me and Mike just clicked. You know, it was just one of those guys. We were kind of into a lot of the same things, and our personalities gelled a lot. And he's just a really smart guy and a very how do I say? Just a, a humanistic type of person. You know, he's he's very kind of in touch with the connective spiritual side of just existing. So, and that sounds a little fluffy and kind of hoity toity, but it's but it but it's true, and it's it's something that I personally relate to and strive to be like because not too many people really take time to, I'd say, live for the moment and just be. And you know it's like hey i'm doing something cool and that's cool and it's okay you know so i think so many people let the the stresses of daily life kind of get the best of them and mike is the literal opposite of that and if he is ever stressed out i i never see it and um you know essentially him and four guys from amir are all left at the, at the same time and i don't like to really get into the whole drama of it you know i'm still i'm friends with frankie i'm friends with the new guys in the band i'm friends with the old, old guys in the band um but obviously there's some interesting stories there and a lot of people don't know what know what happened i don't i don't even know if he's talked about it that much but um and he was you know he's been in some other bands recon and then when i met him he on this you'll see he was playing with dire murder so very talented guy very wonderful guy so you know i'm glad you guys can enjoy this and, and excuse the quality i was recorded in my car because and i because some of my gear wasn't wasn't working so hopefully the sound quality is to your standard. So please check out this wonderful conversation with my friend Mike Moholland. Here we are doing doing the low budget X-Man setup out in the front of the infamous glass house is perfectly California. budgeted to me man What's this that? It's
1: great. This is perfectly budgeted.
2: Well listen, as long as it as long as it comes out and we're recorded and people can hear us,
1: that's all that matters. Our voice is clear, consistent, beautiful. All right. Um but I actually get to watch all the fans going to the club today. I'll watch them get all excited about the gig. So
2: you're currently you're on tour filling in for Thy Art is Murder. Yes. Okay. How did that come about?
1: Um well been friends with the dudes for quite a while. Um, we uh, toured together quite a bit when I was in mirror. And, uh, you know, we always developed and maintained a, well, we developed a relationship, friendships on that tour and then kind of uh, maintained them. Like me and Andy would fucking send gardening photos back to each other, back and forth, because we're like old men and do shit like gardening. And uh, just came, came to be that uh, he needed to fill in for this tour because Sean needed to take a little bit of time off and he's the homie as well. And uh, so I had a free schedule and it seemed like it'd be a fun challenge. Uh, I've always liked the band. And uh, I was like, fuck yeah, I'm not doing shit that period of
2: time, why now not? Now, one thing I, I, I noticed, you know, with imure maybe Recon, it's like the stuff is a bit more on like the straightforward side. It's a lot of counting is, four. Is this uh Dieters Mortar It's a bit more on the tech. <laughs> is, it, is it bringing the tech out, or you have no having to stretch the uh, fingers a little bit?
1: Yeah. Let's just say they got my pinky uh, <laughs> back in action, fired up pretty well with these like five fret stretches and okay. big fun, dirty, mean chords. But uh, yeah, certainly much different than just. Because they forward. had Wes Houck fil-
2: filled in one time, right? Yeah, he's a fucking he, animal. Yeah, he's like on another. He's like on he's on Mars
1: playing guitar. Yeah. I'm not like that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not on Mars. I'm like here on Earth. Usually, like you said, counting to four, just killing people with chugs. But oh, okay, um, you know this stuff seemed like a cool challenge, and uh, you know, I, I, I like to think I play a little under my ability in, in some of my bands. And, yeah. Um, so it's actually it was kind of cool to like step it up and just like kind of whip my ass back into shape, you know, because I wasn't playing a lot of like super speedy riffs and mm-hmm. started learning the songs, and I was like, oh man, this is actually really fucking fun. It's a cool challenge, and. Uh, You know, I I had only two weeks to learn everything. So, yeah, I I don't don't envy that. Yeah, it was like, but it was cool. though. I gave myself like a schedule. Like I figured out, I was like, all right, if I just don't fucking smoke any weed, if I don't, (laughs) if I just don't party and I get up every day, like, you know, mom and dad do. 9 a.m., have my coffee, and then just sit here and just fucking just blare my mind. with. I like how you chorus. turned into,
2: like, an Americana storyteller.
1: Like, well, if I just put down the
2: weed <laughs> and just say my prayers, <laughs> eat my vitamins. That's all take sometimes, man, you know. <laughs> Turn
1: into yeah. Sam
2: Elliott. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, like, uh, I fucking, you know, I just started getting up early every day and just getting to it. And I gave myself a schedule. I was like, I learned like, one and a half songs every day. I'll be ready to fucking get this, this shit done. And, uh, you know, first couple shows were... Well, a yeah. little little wonky points, but that's where you figure out where your inconsistencies lie and, you know, you correct. And so every day, it's actually one of the first days I've been able to just kind of chill and, and not have to, like, pick up my guitar and sit there and zero in on, on the riffs and whatnot. Because um, they had me learning stuff on the road as well. Okay. So I, I learned, like, a good chunk of songs, and then we ended up adding a little bit more into the set just to kind of fill out our time slot. Because we right realized on. that... Uh, How long are you playing? Oh, uh, it's an hour.
2: Oh, you guys are... So it's a co-headline? It's a co-bill, yeah. Gotcha, um, gotcha, gotcha. Dying Fetus closes every night,
1: but um, it's a co-bill.
2: Right on. Very cool. Very cool. And it's been going well? Super good. Man. Like, there's a lot of people here tonight,
1: so. Should sold out already. I think it, I heard it was sold out on pre sale. God damn. Yeah, so it's been really De- good. Death Metal is alive and well. Dude, it's not hurting. It's doing really <laughs> fucking good. Like, last night we were in uh, San Jose. It was great. It was, Yeah. I think the show was sold out. It was, it was definitely sold out. And uh, it was just fucking killer, man. Damn. Super good crowd and just super nice to be back in California, just laying down the risks for the people, you know? Well, that's, that's, that's what's up. I mean, so. I guess, I'm trying to remember when
2: when when you and I met, do we meet before the Trespass tour or did we meet on that tour? I think we like had
1: met in passing, kind of being like, oh, what's up, dude? How's it going, you know, here and there. But I think we actually like got to hang out and meet on that tour. Because I remember yeah. you were like my go-to, Let's find Doc at Catering. Have a nice <laughs> conversation over coffee. Yeah, it's going today?
2: Our, our fellow... Well, we... So, it's funny. So, this tour this is 2012. It was Five Finger Death Punch, Killswitch Engage, Trivium, Immure, Pop Evil, God Forbid, and Battle Cross. It was these um, Five Finger Death Punches like, attempt to do, like, an arena festival tour, you know? Um, and we are doing, like, arenas, but they were kind of, like, half-full arenas. So, yeah. But, like, really, for us, like, massive biggest shows... Biggest shit ever.
1: Or, like, for America, especially. We were, yeah, like, fuck, you know...
2: But, um, you know, so it was, it was kind of an in- interesting, Bill. And, um, you know, and I remember me and you, you know, it's kind of... Maybe it's not ironic that we're, we're doing a podcast, but one of the things we bonded over was the Joe Rogan podcast. Oh, yeah, yeah. So we would kind of talk about that stuff and, like, get all spacey and talk about, uh, you know, just the types of things that they would talk about in that show, which is kind of, like, big ideas. And, and the you know, thing that's kind of interesting about you is you're, you're in this... In, in Muir, which to me like, like that was like that new wave of bands that made to me made like my bands sound like not heavy anymore. <laughs> like like to me like all I was, I was like I just felt like an old man. I was just you know over the hill. You know when it comes to like really heavy like like bands from the scene, but you were like the most chill dude. Like you would your personality type <laughs> is the exact opposite of what you think some dude who plays in a Muir would be. So
1: yeah, we should get that a lot, man. People are always like you do like a meet and greet, and people would be like. Yo, how are you so nice? And you're just like, am oh, just some regular fucking person. You know, I live a cool, normal life. Uh, yeah, but everyone's not like cool that.
2: Job. When you meet like Sammy in like Goat Horror, that motherfucker's yeah, like, yeah, like, yeah, you're yeah. Sammy from Goat Horror. Like, you true. You know, like that dude, some people live that shit. Some
1: people really do. You I know, know uh, you know. When you I think, see
2: the dudes in Madball, you're like, yo, they're in Madball. Yeah,
1: you're yeah, yeah, <laughs> like that. Yep, yeah, Freddie, you're scary. <laughs> <laughs> but one of the sickest bands ever. I still fucking wear my studded Off hoodie all the time. That's what I'm saying. But um, yeah, man, I think that part of it's just like, Finding a balance, you know. Like I think that uh, you know, you play music that crazy, that aggressive, that like offensive and gnarly. Like I think you you know, you kind of gotta have a positive attitude. I mean, maybe you don't. I know a lot. I guess there are dudes in the scene who are dickheads, but I feel like for the most part out here, everyone's you know got the right ideas about life. Uh, especially, it's weird. Like I you know, I hang out the Dying Fetus every day. You would assume a band like Dying Fetus is like <laughs> the scariest, most brutal motherfuckers. Like just like horrifying. But then you meet them, and they're just like talking about like, oh yeah, I'm just living in Maryland. We're just talking about dad shit, you know, mowing <laughs> lawns and shoveling <laughs> snow and stuff like that. And uh, and you realize like, oh, we're all just people, and we just have a pretty extraordinary, uh, uh, rarefied job, you know. But so you're
2: from live New, York, New York,
1: upstate, upstate New York. What what part? Uh, Saratoga
2: Springs area, just okay, uh, like north of the capital, Albany. Okay, so see now it's all coming together, because so you're, you know, you're you're known also known, known as Mike WTF mm-hmm. on, on social media, but then also Mike Recon. Mm-hmm. Because I but I didn't never knew you as Mike Recon. You would tell me like people call me Mike Recon. Uh because of your old band Recon. But right. I think Recon did a one of those uh what was it the uh, Stillborn? Stillborn Fest. Stillborn Fest. Forbid. Yeah. Yeah. So that was like, you know, and, and so those are the for those who you do know, those Stillborn Fest are these uh shows Hapri would do around the holidays in the Northeast. And I just remember, and that was another like I'm an old man moment. Like oh, when sure. we see these new bands come up, these motherfuckers are tuned mad low. Uh-huh. And it's like the most crushing riffs, and people are moshing so hard to like this this band. Like in this is at uh what's the name of that place? Saratoga um, Winners. Well, was,
1: we did there were some at Winners. There was also Upstate Concert Hall, formerly Northern Lights. Northern, Li- that so a, Northern that, Lights, that was probably Northern Lights, yeah. That's what's well, that's what I remember. You guys just were just Hard. Yeah, that's what we try to do, you know, we're just like, I remember our whole, when we started that band, we were like, we were looking at the, you know, we're going to shows, all of us just like regular hardcore, you know, metalcore kids. And we were just all waiting for the breakdown to happen. And so we had like this light bulb moment where like, what if every part is a breakdown? (laughs) No,
2: but you guys actually, I I was listening to the songs, but you guys did have like, kinda, you know, the like the faster hardcore parts sometimes too. So, but I think there was this time you know, and I would I would include kind of like, if you in that, that next level, the evolution where I think, you know, like there's like parallel thinking when mm-hmm. it comes to ideas like, there'll be like two volcano movies that will come out at right, the same right, time. Exactly. or there will be like, you know, there's a lot mm-hmm. of things where, they said that with a lot of inventions, like the telephone and stuff, like multiple, or the airplane, like multiple people were working on it at the same of time. Course, yeah. So I think like for some, like you had like the Hate Breeze and the Bury Your Deads, and then, then bands like you guys where it's like,
1: Nah, we're just going to stick with the part. <laughs> yeah. We're just going to just, just pummel people for 30 minutes, and Just not going to go too, too fast, not too slow. We did have the fast parts, though, because I felt like it is important. Like, if you just kill people the whole time with just slow, sludgy riffs, yeah. then, like, the next slower, sludgiest riff starts losing its impact. So you got to have, like, those little fast parts in there, and then you got to fucking side swipe, give them the 180, and then you kill them. So yeah. you go fast, 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 da, 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 da how also, so how low did Recon tune? We tuned uh to A, drop A. You drop know, not it, too okay. low. By today's standards, pretty low. By 10 years ago standards, people were like, you motherfuckers are insane. Dude. They're so low. It
2: sounds, but it's <laughs> but it's also something about the guitar tone. Like that like there's really that I don't know, that really sludgy, crushing guitar tone. It's 50s, like on eleven Dude. and just
1: a the now, right th-
2: palm. Now with Six or seven strings. Six strings in that band. Okay,
1: I only really need it like four. But, okay, you know, well, I'm just... could, I could have cavaliered the whole thing, <laughs> but uh, you know, no I, solos. They're... You
2: don't. You don't practice
1: any solos. Not in recon. You know, I mean, that band was oh, at dude. home.
2: Are you playing like Eddie Van Halen at home and just keeping it like not <sighs> Man, telling the I'm world?
1: Like more, I like I listen to like my favorite solo styles like Billy Gibbons or like, like okay. you what know, Josh Homme. I like the weird, goofy so like. So can you are you, you blues? Can you shred some blues? I mean, I can dabble. I don't know about shred some blues, but okay. I can like. Get but can
2: them. you like can you hit that one note and then make an ugly face and just like hang oh, on it like yeah. while like
1: feeds back and then people like yeah it? So, you know the true measure of like a good guitar player is not like how fast they can play riffs or how hard they can chug. It's the fucking vibrato, you know. You, you listen to a dude, the way they wobble a string, and it tells you a lot about their playing. I feel listen, like. Listen, I've worked on my b- vibrato a lot.
2: It is not perfect, but it you There's know. It's def- good. Well, it. I say that. this. I think the the vibrato is kind of like, in a way. You know, it's almost like the same way, a singer just has a tone, mm-hmm. and I think that's like like I remember when I when I was filming for Lamb of God, one of the things like. No uh, no, <laughs> no, but, well, here it gets even... So I'm, I'm going I'm, to, you know, you're going to be picking up the name i about to drop All right. in the second. Uh, so Kirk Hammett comes up to me is like... Whoa. He's is like... Kirk, Kirk Hammett of Metallica <laughs> comes up to me is like... This is the first day. He's like, man, I knew... he like, knew something was up, man, because it didn't sound... Like, the vibrato sounded different than Mark's. <laughs> wow,
1: dude, that guy knows. he got the ear for it. Yeah.
2: And it's kind of... when well, you know, Mark, that dude's just so nasty. They're awesome. Um But it's something... That i'm always working on and it's just but it is something like there's i think there's a million dudes who are more technical than i am or can do certain things but it's like whether it's good or bad it's definitively just me right it is course, my yeah, voice as a as a player tone. and like what you know, like I said whether that it was almost like like a lot of people give like do some slayer because mm. they're like maybe it's a little sloppy or maybe it's a little weird but that's what it that is but uh, it sounds but that's it but you hear like a slayer vibrato even with the whammy, you know, it's
1: that and it's their voice. You know, their sound. That's what it's all about. It's about finding your your own voice and your own tone. And even if your tone is just being a heavy metal guitar player and just fucking finding that way to take 50 and 50 and, you know, tweak it through this noise gate, this EQ, this tube screamer, and then this right hand, and this left hand and these fucking strings. And you got your tone there. Yeah, no one's the same. I've had interesting like, uh, you know, I've had friends who played in bands who are big bands, guitar players I respected. And, you know, sometimes, well, I, I, I mean, for a while, I would take a lot of shit at face value and I'd be like, so-and-so who I, you know, I like blah, 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 he's got good tone. And he's like, oh, you gotta get this pedal. And then I'll get that pedal. And I'll be like, this isn't magical, you know? And, and I started realizing like, oh, well, everyone's got different ideas about tone and each tone serves the band differently, you know? So, you know, you don't wanna have like Slayer tone, like, you know, hot 800s would not work for The Artist's Murder, you know? Yeah. It's like, you need something with like, a little more saturation, but, you know, there's no, there's no one tone to rule them all.
2: Well, it's, I, I kind of had this thing
1: where, well, I, well one, I say I've,
2: I've never been the, the the guy who has to like keep like finding the holy grail. Like some people are just right. obsessed. Like they have like this new amp, oh, I'm get, getting this. Or even like some people to a certain degree, like, like Kill Switch. I swear to you, like, for like five years, every time I saw them, they had some new amp. Dude, yeah. And it, you know what? It always sounded good. It always sounded amazing. Dude. No, it sounded good, but it was never like. Oh, they finally cracked it. Like, no, they always just sounded good. But for whatever reason, some people just need that. Like, maybe that little 0.5% difference or mm-hmm. better works for them. But I kind of started thinking about uh, Tom Morello. And I'm like, Tom Morello's been playing the same JCM-900 mm-hmm. and the same Strat with the string he's dangling off of it, like he And he has the original whammy pedal. Like the, that, that WH- plastic one. one. The
1: one that's like a fucking hollow chocolate bunny, but yeah. it sounds great. Yeah. yeah.
2: Like, that's what I'm saying. I was like, you know what? Just, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. And But, you know, it's kind of, now I'm actually like, kind of getting some new stuff and trying
1: to stay up to date, but. um I'm the same way, man. I, 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 I mean, To me, like, if I'm going to plug into High Gain Head, like, I've just, I got a fucking 5150 tattooed on me. I love <laughs> that amp. And, you know, it's like, it's, it's going to be my go-to, but. Like on this tour, we're embracing technology. We got the campers running yeah. and they just profiled like the tone off Deer Desolation. And it sounds awesome, dude. Yeah. i digging it, we got the ears running. And uh, I was actually kind of stoked to come into this tour and like now you have to think about my amps and stuff. Cause they were like, oh, don't worry about it. We got the campers, we got the ears. And like, I was like, you know, sitting there staring at my pile of amps and guitars and like, what should I bring? And then I bring pretty much nothing. I so, brought- is there no uh, live cabs on stage? It's all for front house? It's dead on stage. It's kind yeah. of weird if you're like watching side stage or yeah. if you're like even in the front row on certain clubs because we don't even have the monitors running. It's just straight up your yeah. ears. And so up there, it's pretty much just, yeah. just a lot of blast beats and fucking just. See, cymbals. I found.
2: See, now I have to go and I have to like listen to the show with like a critical ear because I remember seeing Trivium. Um, play, you played the Starland Ballroom, of course. Yeah, yeah. So, saw him there with with Asking Alexandria, and there was no cabs, and I was like, man, I wasn't really feeling it, like, cause it's a club. I mean, it's a yeah. big club, but it's like. But then I saw him at Mayhem Festival, and it sounded amazing, cause it's a big right. amphitheater, you know. And I'm like, so now I have to go and see if, if if my
1: theory holds up we'll see if you guys well I think there's something to be said for that though because I, th- I do think that this kind of like system is more uh, geared towards doing the bigger festivals and stuff because I mean yeah small clubs like you are relying on those 412 cabs and your 810 or whatever you might have just pushing air yeah just I mean just so you, I mean if anything you can feel it you know that's one thing that is a little lonely about the in-ears is like it just kind of sometimes feels like if it's a big like airy club like if the subs aren't rumbling through my feet, like it almost just feels like I'm just like listening to an iPod or something. Yeah. It's kind of weird. It's like a toy. Yeah, but it's sick though. What's really nice is the fact that everybody hears each other perfectly, you know. You gotta play I'm, tighter. Totally. I mean, it's tough for me, it's not tough, but it's kind of more motivation for me also as a fill-in member to like have my shit together because I'm under a microscope, you know, you. I fucking botch a note. I'm getting like four sets of eyes glaring off the stage left. I'm like, oh man, fuck, sorry guys. You know, usually you could just kind of hide behind your cab and be like, oh, everything's normal.
2: It's all That's good, crazy. Though. So, going going back a little bit. Um, so, how long did you do recon before you joined Amira? Fuck, I
1: did recon starting in when I was graduating high school, which I think we started in two thousand three. Mm-hmm. And I was like, uh, yeah, I was, damn, yeah, I, I realized it's that long. Yeah, I was in high school, and uh, we we started doing weekends and stuff all over the northeast. Like while I was still in school, and I pretty much the whole band we were all high schoolers. And then uh, basically like the next summer, we're like, fuck, we don't have to go to school. Let's uh figure out how to book shows. And so we call around asked our friends who had toured, like, hey, you got any numbers? And back then it was like, just long lists of names and phone numbers that would come in like an email and it would be like, Tulsa, Oklahoma, Dave or whatever. And then you just hopefully call Dave and he's fucking got you. Dude, I remember
2: those that, days, man. Yeah, man.
1: Did that. So I did recon heavily from like 2003 until 2008. And then uh, I got the call from Jesse from Amir. They had uh, their their guitar player and drummer had quit 2008. And so I uh, that was the first one that they called, I guess. And, and in this similar situation is how I got this gig. I toured with them before in recon mm-hmm. and had developed a rapport. We were friends. I guess they thought I could play guitar, right? And so I got the call. And uh I did that for many years, did a mirror from uh, two thousand eight until two thousand the end of two
2: thousand fifteen. So did
1: you write and or play on
2: uh Speaker of the Day?
0: Yeah. Yeah.
2: So that so so I went so sometimes I do a little research for this show. Ooh. And uh <laughs> So I went back and listened to those, because
1: three, three records you did you did with the band, all right? Let me think about this real quick. Yeah, I did uh, Speaker of the Dead. Actually, I kind of did part of Felony, but literally it was like, I filled oh. like one riff hole they had. Okay. They had like one spot that was just like click tracking a demo, and they're like, you don't know what to put here. And I wrote it. That was it. But then uh, I started writing like full songs on Speaker of the Dead yeah. after we had like spent some time together and kind of got to know each other musically and developed our kind of chemistry there.
2: Well, I liked, so I liked some of the stuff on Felony. That's kind of, I think, for a lot of people, that's when they came on the radar. But to me, Speaker of the Dead is still, like, the pinnacle record. Um, record. There's just something, you know, I think for that that genre, and I don't even know what you would call it, because I think there was, like, a lot of hype around using, like, the deathcore term, and I don't, you know, and I... I don't, it doesn't, it's not Deathcore to me. I don't know what you would really call it.
1: I don't know. People are so quick to just slap labels on stuff these days. I don't Like, every time somebody asks me what kind of band I'm in, I'm just like, I'm a heavy metal band. Yeah. Whether I was playing hardcore bands or yeah. a fucking mosh metal bands or Deathcore bands or whatever you want to slap on it. I think it's all just heavy music. And I think the same with Amur. Like, I wouldn't, I couldn't, I wouldn't rope it in with the rest of Deathcore, but they're kind of, you know, that's, no, that's the vocals and the tuning yeah, yeah. and the like, crunchiness. Yeah, and- and,
2: well, just the look if you look at the bands that were getting popular around the time, it was like Suicide Silence yeah. and it was Winds of Plague and yep. it was Animosity and all Job for Cowboy, and a lot of that sure. stuff was kind of com- coming out. But um, well, something about that record that, you know, and maybe this is, you know, you can tell me, and, you know, and this might be just with the, is that it was, there, you know, they Previous years, I say three or four years before that, there had been you know a band like Throwdown bringing some new metal influencer, Barrier right. Dead bringing, but you guys like really embraced it, and a lot of it in the vocals, a little the uh, the kind of scratching stuff that was going on, and some of some of the, some of the tempos, and it was just like, and the, the whammy pedal stuff, lots of whammy pedal, um, and was, and because of that, there was like a hookiness mm-hmm. and a kind of accessibility to it that I think wasn't as present in many of the other stuff that was that heavy at the time. Oh, for sure, yeah. What do you, what what was going on there? What was like going on in in the water with the band, like, you know, that you guys were were vibing on? Like, did you, were you trying to do that or did it just happen?
1: Uh, Well, I think it was just, I mean, I think it just happened. But I mean, the momentum was building, like the Felony, touring on Felony was super successful. It was awesome. We were like, uh, we were really motivated at the time, really tight as a musical unit. You know, we'd been playing together so much on that Felony cycle that, you know by the time it came, came we, we did speaker of the dead we were like all fucking really dialed into one another um you know musically and uh <clears throat> i think also we were just out to just write a super fucking pissed record that was just gonna like we, we got in touch with joey sturgis and he was yeah. like the other like secret ingredient to kind of like it's not that secret i think it's i think it's pretty i think in 2010 maybe it was secret okay yeah, yeah that, but, that's but, true. but now i mean obviously he's for the shit but uh going to him he was the one who was able to bring like the the sonic vision to life yeah. you know what i mean because it needed to sound fucking enormous you know because because that genre there's so much there's a lot of emptiness within it so yeah. it's got to be full but empty if but that that's makes any but sense. but
2: that's one of my i think
1: what makes the record stand
2: out is that it's almost like i'll say it's the first record of of that but it's it was so well produced it made that stuff easier to listen to. right? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like it like it presented it in a way that almost made it sound like, it's almost like, like this idea of like, and especially like I think back in the day, when you know it was harder to get good recordings, was that part of becoming a big band was like, the record sounds like a big band. right? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Of course, yeah. And that record is just like, it's so even to this day, like it actually has aged really, really, really well. I was listening to it. I was just, I, I was grooving so, out. Yeah. <laughs> um, but no, yeah, I thought there's just there's something that just worked, and the- so when that record came out, I mean, did you see like just a big kind of uplift in like the band's big time? Movement? Yeah, I mean,
1: we had like our, I think probably that was a, uh, I mean the most successful album during my uh, stay in the band, mm-hmm. and uh, just just based on sales and just ticket sales and everything and uh, Eunice moved in whatever. But um, I think uh, I think it was like a perfect storm of of, uh, of the right producer the right mindset as a band and uh also we had like this other secret weapon which is our front of house guy nate uh, nate northway who uh i mean he's just like i mean i would put him up against anybody best in the biz and he could take that sound that we were able to capture with joey and then he could bring that on the road and he was able to maintain that you guys always you guys always had and that's really what it was and we weren't a band that had like a ton of obviously not a lot of positive press but not a lot of press in general like we did okay but we weren't in a band that was in like fucking kerrang every week on the cover of ap and this and that uh it was it was more so just like playing shows and just being fucking good yeah i mean well i think too well i think the the other kind of element that's really important is
2: like some like to me you guys were speaking to like the, the kids yeah. like like you guys had a really young fan base sure. and it was like that's what like you were doing something that spoke to like a generation of people that are like no i vibe with that i like that and and i think the thing you know and maybe this is also too with like just the way you guys kind of dressed and like the way frankie's personality sure. like it was like it was a cool brand like oh, you guys absolutely. had you guys had a brand and a vibe that like these are the types of kids that are gonna go to these shows, and these mm-hmm. are, and it just, it was like, it captured like a moment in time, you know, sure. that people just
1: identified with. I think. I think so too, and I, and I think also a lot of it is just like the simple fact that like, the anger, like, in, and and uh, and just the feeling in those records is real, and like, yeah. it and, and I think there's a lot of, I'm not gonna talk any shit. I'm not gonna mention any band names because I can't even think of one off the top of my head. But, I, you know, I've seen a lot of guys who are screaming, but they don't seem like pissed about much yeah. you know? I know and uh one thing i always liked about frank's vocals was uh, i mean that the motherfucker's angry and <laughs> you can tell you know and and he's conveying it very clearly and people respond to that and 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 i was like when i was joining the band i always thought about that i was like man frank he's it's a front man.
2: well it's hard it's hard. like i think something that happened like maybe around like the mid-2000s so i remember back in the day it was like it was actually harder to find a, hard- a hardcore, like, medical band with, like, a good screamer. Like, mm-hmm. there would be bands with, like, shitty screamers. Oh, like, yeah. all the time. Oh, yeah. And then it almost, like, people figured out, like, this, You it needs to be at, like, this kind of level. Like, every like so you'd rarely hear a band that's had, like, a bad screamer. But I think also things became more generic, right. you know? So, like, it wasn't that it was, it was bad, but it was just very samey, where it's, like, so I think when you hear someone who primarily screams, and thing that's kind of cool about Frank is he does that kind of talk. I don't even know what you call that 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 He's talking vocal. On, yeah. um, but, but other than that, um, it's like it's identifiable, and that's like to me if, if I'm gonna listen to a band that's heavy all the time, it's got to have that personality. It's got to have sure. that that thing where, like you said, where they're screaming, you're like, yo, I believe that. Yeah, motherfucker. you gotta <laughs> believe
1: it, man. Yeah, because a lot of people out there are just you know. Kind of phoning it in, and uh, when you connect with a front man out to, who's just really got that fire, you know, and there's a handful. Of, like I, honestly, this tour CJ's got it too. You watch yeah. that dude singing; he's like you're like possessed by something. Yo, Phil it's from Phil cool. from Whitechapel. Oh, he's a monster.
2: Vince from Acacia Stream, like Vince. Vince, that motherfucker. I'm, I'm like, yo, you hate everybody, don't you? You hate the dirt, you hate the the flowers, you know? You like fuck. It's coffee he's a, He loves, walls he, he, he likes a few things he likes a few things here he's my neighbor nowadays and uh i think he, he likes he
1: likes the barbecue no he's he like dog he's a
2: pleasant guy but when he's singing, i'm like i don't even know yeah, how on stage you're just
1: like yeah he's just filled with hate and uh, people also respond to that he's he's another one of my favorite front men Dude, out there in the yeah. heavy music world i'm stoked to see where, where, where i wish i could see him on this current tour with yeah. the breed and crowbar two of my other favorites. Dude, that that tour is too heavy. That's brutal. We've been following that for a while. The first week of this, we are like, literally like every venue we went to, they just hit the night before, and they're like still like, sweeping away like Haybury trash, you know?
2: Looks like a wrecking ball came through. You guys are picking up the ashes of the venue. Yeah, there's still
1: like, fucking beer cups (laughs) spilled over, and just blood on the floor, you know, that kind of shit. But nah, um, uh, I wish I could go see that. Hopefully um, I can see Crowbar some point soon. It's been a few years.
2: Haybury had two tours They had that tour, and then they had the one with uh, Code Orange and, Dying Fetus, oh. and both of them didn't come to the West Coast. So I'm, I'm. What's up with that? But well, I got to see them. Uh, they they headlined this weird like hip hop slash hardcore festival. So I got to see Hatebreed, but I want to see all those. Bands. Yeah, I want that package. Yeah, but, but you yeah, know, I'm jealous of anybody I got to go. And no, I gave him shit. Them. I was on his podcast and I gave him shit about it. So it's alright. Good, good. Well, he's busy. He's busy. They, you know, they're 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 doing lots of stuff. Hatebreed's
1: like the hard, like I mean, they're like I feel like they set the standard for hardworking bands. Like they've been. They've been at it so long, and they fucking just are relentless. There's no signs of them slowing down, and they just keep putting out cool records. I fucking love Hey Well, the best. I I would you know <laughs> I I'm sure
2: I've said this before on the show, but to me they're the they are the band that broke out of the scene, that made all of us think we could do it. Oh, you know yeah, because because if you look at the bands before them from the scene that got. Kind of big record deals, whether it's VOD mm-hmm. or Earth Crisis or um, or Madball, who's also on on, on Roadrunner, um, Neurosis, mm-hmm. who like did Ozfest back in the day, all those bands kind of like, you know, or even some bands like you know like like Quicksand or like Orange Nine Nine Millimeter, kind of the more like post hardcore realm. I love Quicksand. All those bands kind of hit a certain wall of like where they kind of went with their with with their career. And Hate Breed, you know, actually I was sick of all. Probably should have mentioned them. They obviously oh, they they signed up thing with a major. They did one record on a major. Scratch the surface. I could be wrong about that, so don't uh, yell at yeah. me on on the internet. But um, but to get to this this the, these, t- you know, where they could do Ozfest, open for Slipknot, break that threshold of selling two hundred thousand records and while then, remaining
1: true to the sound too like well still no like, they got heavier the yeah, yeah perseverance like fucking, is heavier than the, than the first two yeah i mean satisfaction i'll never forget when i was just hanging out and my buddy john was like dude have you heard this band hate breed and i'm like what like, it's like it was like that scene in like uh back to the future where it's like you know that sound you've been looking for well listen to this and i mean let me put it on i remember just fucking hearing puritan and being like what even is happening this is like this is the heavy, like like this is I didn't even know what heavy was when I heard it, but then I knew what heavy was. Well it's
2: it's funny because I was a fan of you know, I was a metal guy who got into the hardcore scene. So I I heard it and I was like, oh, this is Chaos AD meets crowbar meets Entombed. Yep. <laughs> and that's that's it. To me, those are, yep. and then obviously there's all these other like stuff that I wasn't hip to, like the Crow mags, like mm-hmm. Agnostic Front and you know, but those even are pulling from metal bands like this, my like carcass type riffs. Yeah. In there, in there, in there. No, but I mean, but it's but you know, it's it's that record is, is so pivotal because I even though I was in the hardcore scene, I didn't like that many hardcore records. There were mm-hmm. just certain bands like I you know, like Turmoil, like All At War, you know, there, there were certain bands. And but um that record, it was just like it's the perfect crossover album because it, it had enough for everyone, you know, mm-hmm. so if, if you were punk fan you could get into it. If you were a new metal fan, you could get into it. If you All were, right. you know, it 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 just and the the main thing, hooks. The vocals like and I said I was actually saying this. The uh the lyrics on that record are, like, the catchphrases from an action movie. Dude, absolutely, yeah, dude, yeah. I mean, they even have samples in like,
1: Braveheart, right? I mean, straight up,
2: I mean... I don't even know. But what I'm <laughs> saying, like, like it's like, you know, our only hope is... Dun, dun, dun. Ve- you know, was dun, it vengeance? vengeance? But I'm saying, but that's literally, like, something, like, Schwarzenegger would say before he, likes puts, like, a, a, a missile into, like, a, the bad guy
1: or something. Fuck yeah, dude.
2: Our only hope is vengeance. Dude, <laughs> dude, you know, I throw this motherfucker off.
1: Right. That's what he's got to get into next. You know, <laughs> but, um... Well, wow, of
2: course we we go on the uh the long hate, hate breed rant out, out of out
1: of out of nowhere.
2: So uh, going go back to Mew real quick. Um, so I felt like the the follow uh, record was slave to the game, yep. and it didn't it to me. And this is like I said, this as like kind of a fan of the band. It felt like the production wasn't quite as good. Mm-hmm. The song like it wasn't quite as fresh. Like was it was that album rushed?
1: Yes, and it was it was an interesting one. We did it like uh, it was done separately, too So we didn't we recorded in separate studios uh-huh. like we did uh all the music was recorded uh, with Joey Sturgis. I believe yeah. it, that record was when he was still in Indiana and Then we did all the vocals are done out here Frank uh, did them separately from the other the rest of us uh, at a studio in California I don't remember where exactly um, but and I think a lot of stuff also got changed around and like in post on that record, which was a little weird. Like basically because of the fact that we finished up these songs in Indiana and then sent them over here, there were parts like Frank, you know, wanted to to cut apart and move around. Mm-hmm. And so we'd have some some songs that we wrote like, no, oh, the songs in four four, and now they're obviously like a section that's in five four because something got cut and pasted and moved around. Yeah. And so some weird shit like that did happen on that album. And uh, and it was like I said, it was less of a unit of a recording. It was a little more separate. Mm-hmm. And so. Uh, I think that that certainly did affect the, the sound on it, but I kind of liked that it was like a little raw and gnarly. And I do have a few songs there that I really like. Yeah. And uh, certain countries like that record really popped off. Like yeah. Russia loves a bunch of tracks off that record. Like if you go to Russia and people would just be like, "Yo, I'm brutal man, like naming all these, you know. Do you guys got to go to Russia? A Bunch of times. We did That's five awesome. tours in Russia. That's I amazing. Like, yeah, actually yours very well established in Russia, I would say. Were it's you just- colluding? Fuck no. <laughs> I was like- oh, Colluding God. hard, man. I brought my own coffee because I knew that guy because I can't drink hot brown water. Yeah. Oh, they No offense coffee? to any Russians out there. Y'all do not have coffee figured out. OK. But if you're a coffee guy, don't bring your own. OK. So, unless you don't have to not go because Russia's awesome. I, the actually, shows are amazing.
2: Actually, I'm, I'm going to give you just something I should do. But a, a pro move actually is the Starbucks instant coffee. Is actually oh, really these Those aren't bad. Dude. Those are really good.
1: I, I take it to the next level now. What I do is I bring like an AeroPress. Have you seen one of those things like a little pump? Make some mm-hmm. coffee over like a single cup, and then I just bring a brick of coffee wherever I go and just roll off. You're that. serious, like, man. Dude, I'm in Beijing three in the morning, baby. I'm like fucking Beijing. I'm in Hong Kong. I'm in. I was all over the place. I actually, I just did a tour with uh, Suicide Science like uh, a couple summers ago, and uh, we went to some weird places, Indonesia. What is it? You did a tour with Suicide Sound. I was just uh, checking
2: for them. Oh, okay. And
1: they were going to a bunch of cool places I'd never been before. Like in your tour of the world. Uh, several times, but there was a bunch of spots I'd never been. And uh, Mark, uh, the guitar player, suicide, a great friend of mine, uh, was like, "Charles, hey, to Mark, uh, fuck yeah, Mark, the homie." He did here. the podcast. He's
2: a, he's podcast alumni.
1: He's the dude, man. He's one of my favorite people on earth. Um, but he called me up, and we've been like very close friends for years. Uh, and was just like, "Hey, man, uh, our tech kind of just backed out. You want to do this tour?" And I was like, "Where are you going?" It's like named like bang, uh, you know. Uh, Bangkok, all over Indonesia, it was Southeast Asian tour. So it was like uh, Southeast Asia, Australia, and Japan. So it was all my favorite places, and I uh, basically just went on a tour of food and uh, changing guitar strings, but it was great. Okay, it was a good time. That's, that's, I don't mind doing a little tech thing here. Yeah. If I, How's that?
2: Well, I, you know what makes me fear about teching is my back. And you, know, you have back problems. I got a shit
1: back. Yeah. Um, you know what? You just got to be smart and lift with the legs. Nice. Okay. You know? Don't fuck that spine up. Dude, I'm.
2: I do. Listen, I'm. I'm into the stretching. I'm into the yoga. I'm into the core. I'm. You know, I'm doing everything. Yeah, your chakras you know? are good. Well, my chakras.
1: Mine are shot. Yeah, um, I have chakras. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> they're all just black. Just you had some good puns metal. today, man. Have I?
2: Yeah, that's right. Harm's way.
1: Oh well, that wasn't mine. <laughs> I was just saying Harm's way had that great meme because the singers jacked as fuck. Oh man. Um.
2: So eventually, you not only did you leave Amir, but three of the members leave all at the same time. Is that correct? Right. Yeah, we all left at the same time. Yeah, I mean, I don't want you know, listen. I'm I'm friends with Frankie, yeah. so I I. And the thing is that's kind of tough about this show sometimes i'm worried about if, oh if i bring this person on then this person on friends is gonna get like mad at me right, right, yeah, yeah. and like so it's you know this is like you know you could definitely i feel like they're in an alternate universe there could be this show which could be literally like the shit talking show all right we're gonna bring it on <laughs> fuck right, that motherfucker. Start the dog pile yeah like no, no. and and that's definitely not what i, I want to do so i don't want to like put you in a situation where it's like so what do they do to you? Um but but no, it's, but it is, you know, situations like that. They are peculiar from the outside looking in. You know how the internet is, you know how people talk. Um mm. so so, you know, without, you know, kind of exposing yourself too much, um, can you give us any insight of like what, what went down and why why do you think
1: I don't actually know I don't even say don't speak for anyone else. Why are you left? Oh, for me it was just uh I mean really what happened was uh we just had a we, we did some shows in in Russia, actually, of all places. And then the last show we the last show I, we all did with the band was uh, in Moscow. And it was a sick show. What was kind of cool about it, I got to say, I think about this sometimes, like, it's kind of nice not knowing when your last show with a band is, too, because you're not even thinking about it. I just is like, fuck, yeah, great show. Hey, vodka, I didn't, I didn't know my
2: uh, my last God forbid show is going to be it. So so. It's kind of nice, though, right? You know? like, you I know, mean, we don't have
1: to have that, like, then you think about it, get all bittersweet on nostalgic. Fuck that, man. You know, just go out there, rock it, and then uh, move on. I thought it was a pretty good show. <laughs> yeah, man. But, uh, no, as far as the situation goes, basically, uh, I mean, i keep it really brief. It, it just got to the point where, like, uh, professionally uh, and personally, the four of us just didn't feel like we, we wanted to do it anymore. We did yeah. it for a very long time. And, you guys uh, grinded. You guys toured a lot. Yeah, we, we, we you know we burned really really bright, and uh, you know we we're touring like nine ten months a year, and it, it got a little bit exhausting. And you know we were having all sorts of stuff happen. Like I heard a disc in my neck. Frank was having issues with his vocal cords. Jesse's got a busted up lower back, and we just been like relentlessly, relentlessly touring nonstop, sleeping in, you know, buses, vans, van wagons, this and that. So that was weighing on us. And then, you know, it was just really like, you know, just, we weren't getting along and we weren't having as much fun, you know? And then when the fun sort of dries up and then you're just left with, you know, work, it's a it's job. Like, yeah, then you're like, I could just be at home with, like, where my girlfriend is and my house and all my other shit. Like, I, they have work there. <laughs> yeah, there's work there that I could do if I wanted to really feel like work. <laughs> and sleep in your bed. Yeah. And so uh, it just, you know, it came a time uh, to, to, to put things to, to rest with that band. And I was a... Um, was it a hard decision? I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah, it was, definitely. Because it yeah. was kind of like, you know, it's a dream job. No one wants to quit that. But... Well, it's not that It's it's... You know how hard
2: it is to get a band from nothing right. to something, and you were in one of the bands, one of the few bands. Like I said, just to get a band, just like just to make any money right, doing yeah. make, doing a band, you're like well from an original band. I'll say that it's you know, you know anyone could probably get the Bar Down the Street and pay two hundred bucks to do some yeah. cover songs, but um, but, crazy, but to actually take something, you know, and I know you didn't start a mirror, but you came. On it, you know, pretty much when it was on the on on the come up, and obviously had a big part in the band's success. But just that, wow, just to get it to here, even at this mm-hmm. point, even if I'm not happy, that, damn, that's, that's just a, it's just like, was or, or like we or were, did you walk away with it from the
1: idea of like I'm
2: probably not gonna do doing music anymore? Or is it no, I definitely that situation. You no, know, it was just
1: that I'm not gonna be doing music with this band anymore. Gotcha, you know, and right. it was by no means the end of doing music. It was just that 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 had run its course and. And there was those other things too. Like I think a lot of us were like approaching, you know, like adulthood. We're mm-hmm. all turning thirty and shit at the time, and we're kind of like, how You know, there's I? certain. I'm thirty-one. Oh, I didn't realize you were that young. I'm pretty young, but I've been wow. doing this shit a while, you know. I like know. I was saying, I I'm just I saying, like I thought it's we... weird. Like talking to bands like sanctioned, they grill me over recon stuff all the time. I yeah, and well, I feel we like real we hurtful. get
2: along so I almost assumed we were like around similar agents, you know. Dude, I thought you were my age. I didn't really think that, but
1: <laughs> Yo, I can see it. Doc, you're <laughs> no. The only reason I don't really? think you're my age is because you look. <laughs> great but oh, i remember fun. looking at you when i was like 14 in like esp catalogs <laughs> and being like whoa dude he's got a guitar holy shit <laughs> but um uh, but anyways uh going back to uh going back to all that stuff um also i think we were just there were certain stuff that had come up uh, on the album that we all quit on that was like uh subject subject matter wise that we were like not really down with there was a uh, like some song titling stuff that we were like not made a privy to uh, prior to yeah. the, the release of, and then there were certain things where I guess the point where it's like, you know, like I said, becoming an adult, uh, I don't want to fly certain flags. You know what I mean? I understand that, and uh, the, and and it just got to a certain point where I didn't really want to get behind the message. Yeah, honestly. Well, I think
2: it's and, I think it's that's tough sometimes when you have a singer mm-hmm. who is ultimate like me I, I i'm probably on this this other i'm probably on the other end of that but i, I obviously wasn't in your your situation where it's like i kind of want to let the singer do their thing but at the same time they're like hey nazis are the shit like, <laughs> like you'd be like, uh, like no, no or whatever yeah exactly not, not saying that you know kind of frankie's of on that on that level or anything but but obviously there's uh yeah that's that has to be kind of a um a battle kind of internal battle because like let's say you're doing press
1: right. and someone's like
2: well what does this thing mean and you're like well it's not really my yeah, thing it's not my
1: shit at all honestly i don't want to touch over the 10 foot pole To be honest you, a lot of those things yeah yet. um but uh yeah and and, and i think th- there's something to be said about like i like I, I never take anything away from frank as an artist i think he's a great front man and like i said one of the things that always drew me to like his art in general and, and, and amir was the fact that he's authentic yeah that he's pissed and it comes from a real place you know yeah. but with that, you know, um, you know, comes difficult, you know, situations to deal with, like <laughs> yeah, when you have songs called like you know, "Bring a Gun to School." Yeah, like, was that on that record? Yeah, and you're like, didn't like, it get like, wasn't there like a well, we, got we, like, had or? internal band? Like our, Mark Costillo was about to quit, which he later did. But um, by the way, I don't think that that record probably wouldn't be working right now. Yeah, that's the kind of thing where I'm like, I'm looking at the crystal ball and the fucking climate of the world, and I'm like, this is like not a. I can't get down with this. Yeah. You know what I mean? But well that I mean that's like some straight up think about it.
2: people forget that Ozzy and Judas Priest were sued or actually were, like were brought to court in the 80s cuz people killed themselves you know for like like that's how real that shit was right. back in the day. Yeah, that's crazy. I mean you I'm know? still
1: I'm a staunch believer in free speech though, you know. Me too. You say whatever the fuck you Me want. Me too, man. Publish whatever the fuck you want. But um you know, you, you got to uh, face the consequences, you know. And not the consequences, but you know, what is it? What does they say? You're not entitled to. You're entitled to your action, but not the fruit of your action. You yeah, know, or I'm just A- you're A- you're
2: A- you're, A- you're entitled to freedom of speech but you're not entitled to not be criticized right
1: yeah speech. and it sucks when it's something where you, you didn't really have anything to do with other than writing the riffs and yeah. then you get put on the, the grill by your family when they're like
2: hey what's up with uh, bringing guns
1: to school and you're like uh sorry
2: mom what's what was there like ever a dust up that like with the label the, the label didn't care or they were totally cool with it or they're like oh it's old
0: i
1: don't know i
2: Cause I could have swore there
1: was like controversy. There right? was, and I remember it was like, I mean, my, a lot of it's foggy to me. Cause you know, I was just like caught up in all that momentum and just like trying to like block certain things out of my mind and just yeah. try to stay on the road and try to stay focused. But uh, like all at once. Um, but really what it was is Mark Castillo, our drummer, he was like, kind of like this is really not fucking cool. And he, he really brought it up for us. And we were like, yeah, dude, it's not. And he was basically, that was what kind of triggered his exit from the band. Um, we later got Adam, who's great. He's a fucking awesome drummer. Um, he's now doing a uh, band called Rituals of Mine. Mm-hmm. sick. They're on Warner Brothers. Um, but uh, where was I at? Lost my thread. Oh no,
2: we were just talking about um the follow up with the record and the, the message and right. that not really vibing and mark left and right and then it was just
1: got to the point where you know we're having just a tough time being around each other a lot yeah. you know and it's just like a lot of bands you, you you spend so much time with each other so long certain things start to wear and um it just was like the right time to leave i think yeah. you know and and uh for me i was also like uh like i said got injured Head uh, headbanging. Also, I detached my retinas as well. So, I've really fucked myself up from headbanging. <laughs> so, Jesus Christ. Yeah, detached my retinas 2009, and they were like, "Stop headbanging. I was like, "Yeah, okay." Didn't do it. And then, 2014, herniated disc in my neck from headbanging, playing mahogany guitars, of course. Got to have the tone. But uh, <laughs> so, anyways, it was like a lot. It was just like a kind of like a perfect storm. And then this was like a you know, after Russia, we had like a little weird, like kind of thing we got into, and it was just kind of like very clear that it was time for yeah. me to exit and then uh, you know I brought that up to our tour manager and he was like hey man I think if you leave then Jesse's gone and I think if Jesse's gone like Mark's gone and I'm pretty sure if you all leave Adam's gone and just sort of like a chain reaction um, but I think it's all good I'm happy to see the mirror's like still on the road and doing yeah I think thing. A, I it's think like, in a lot of ways with the the new guys with Josh coming okay, in dude, he's a sick like, like he's well, good. I think
2: it 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 one of the things I think the the, the positive end of it is it it's like it's it's a much different kind of record for them like they went kind of a, it was a different in- influence sure. um, and i think that's really helpful and i'm and i think it's cool listen i like i'm of the mindset you know you can kind of disagree agreeably and have your go your ways amicably i don't know like so yeah. what 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 went down um, with you guys, but it always like is encouraging to me when people can have a good attitude yeah. after something is ended, because it doesn't,
1: listen, many of these divorces do oh, not go well. Oh, yeah, no, you know, man, you've had those breakups where you fucking, <laughs> you know, it does not end amicably or nice, but, yeah. uh, uh, you know, it is, and it is leaving a band, it is kind of like, you know, leaving, you know, relationships in, in a way, it's, it's, it's uh, difficult in the same way, except it's like, obviously much different because it's four of your homies, you know, yeah. you've been traveling with forever, but, I just think you know our time ran its course. At least mine did in the band. I can speak for myself at least. And uh, you know, I was just kind of ready to t- take some time off and, and see what the next uh, chapter brings and brought. And, uh, oh, damn, it is crazy out.
2: So dude, and, and, and mm-hmm. more, it's like motorcycle, uh,
1: they keep getting ambulance,
2: distracted. ambulances, fucking
1: got a train over here. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Um, damn, we got a glowing cross. Is that for thy art and dying fetus? Are they just trying to like thwart us like vampires? I don't know. Just keep us away. Then you well, know. I
2: mean it is pretty. A lot of. Is there any satanic bands or just just evil? I don't know, man. But I'll tell you what. If someone throws holy water on me, I'll be stoked. Dude, gotta get clean somehow.
0: Dude, yeah.
2: Um, was there a sense of like you quit the band?
1: Is it like relief? Is it like <sighs> sort of? But it's also like <laughs> there's scary. like that relief point. Well, I mean, I I kind of i' kind of seen it coming to be honest like it was kind of those things like for the last couple of years i was like yeah you know what there might just be an opportunity not an opportunity but there might be uh, a time when when this just comes to an end for me well did you did you have a plan Fuck no
2: <laughs> I mean, <who> has plans. <laughs> it's, it's it's well it's, it's actually funny because doing this show and getting to having you know over at this point 50 60 people tell the similar stories is yeah most people don't do not have an exit plan they're just kind of like all right, let me kind of figure out. It's very Im- Im- improvisational, you know, how we kind of land land on our on our feet. Um, yeah. But you strike me more so than a lot of band dudes is you know just being a lot more grounded and kind of like like you have this kind of like I said this kind of spiritual serenity Zen
1: thing that I guess so. Uh, but you know, I think for me, what it, I, I, I was I kind of like I said I'd seen it for, well, in, looked in the crystal ball, I'd kind of foreseen some things and. Uh, So I kind of set myself up financially and stuff, you know, save some cash. And I kind of had it in my mind, which is what I have done. And now I'm kind of back to to work and touring and whatnot. But uh, I was like, I want to take a radical sabbatical. Like, I want to like fucking just do nothing for like a year and just like- Is that what you did? Live
2: life, yeah. It was awesome. What did you do? Did you go go, like camping? Yeah,
1: I went camping. (laughs) I traveled. I got to like, Actually, go to my family members' birthday parties, anniversaries. Like, actually spend time with my family. Wake up in the same bed. What's what's
2: like a a normal? All right. So on a radical sabbatical, it's like a Wednesday. All right. What are we? What are we getting into?
1: First of all, you get up and you got to make some coffee, something good. (laughs) You know, you get the Chemex out. (laughs) If you run out of filters, like I always do, you get your Aeropress out because it's old faithful or French press. So what's your go-to coffee though? Well, I'm be honest with you, like um. I like the good stuff, but I also like the really bad shit. Like my dude, favorite is-
2: Dude, 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 Don't be saying the good stuff specificity. I want like a website okay, name, okay, like but, U, okay. a
1: UPC number. For example, okay, so two days ago, I we went to Hart Coffee in Portland. They're like a very very popular roaster, super okay. good, really fucking expensive. It's like 20 bucks for like a half pound Now is this,
2: it's a coffee shop you can go to as well as buy their yeah, coffee? Yeah, they're a roaster,
1: but they also have a shop where you can like get coffee in as well. Yeah. And you know, they, they do really stuff. Did well.
2: I tell you about my philosophy about coffee shops? So. is that i like the more pretentious a coffee shop is the more disdain they have for me the right. fact that someone of my ilk is even there the more i like it oh yeah, oh, yeah. i want really snooty people mm. i want um i want yuppies i want i want the hippest hipsters I was ever in portland yeah
1: i wanted a guy was like a monocle dressed like fucking sweeney Dude, todd i, I wanted i want people like i want like, to ride in a unicycle yeah in
2: coffee. a really weird like scarf you know, like yeah. you well, know. that's the
1: kind of coffee I like to get down with sometimes. But going back to, I mean, I'm, I'm deep down, I'm like kind of just. Uh, don't tell me Folgers, I'll kill you. Fuck no, Cafe Bustelo, that's my go-to. How is that bad? That you consider that low well, end? I, I don't consider it low end, but it's just so cheap that it's like too good to be true. Because I, I drink that coffee every day. Yeah. And it's the it travels the best. It's a vac sealed 10 yeah, ounce yeah. brick. So you need Russia tour, China tour, just pack one of those bad boys up. You're good to go for a couple weeks. Is it? But isn't
2: it kind of dangerous to roll with coffee? Cause people will think you're like hiding drugs in the coffee.
1: They can check it. There's no drugs. I'm just saying. But I would people be would really like, bummed if they cut my coffee bag open. Yeah. like Aerated it, it, got it, got it all dried
2: out. That's because like that. the only thing I've watched Beverly Hills Cop 50, 50 times. It's like yeah. coffee grounds. That's where they keep them.
1: That's where the cocaine's <laughs> <at>. <laughs> I think they're, no, what were we watching? We were watching Lethal Weapon the other day in the rig. Oh my God. Classic. It's, it's so good. You really are crazy. Dude. <laughs> the, 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 I murder likes to watch just like the weirdest action movies all day. What are they watching? I don't even know what they were watching the other day. I know Predator 2 was on. That's a well, first of all, there's nothing weird about Predator 2. It's just amazing. And let me tell you this. I didn't realize he calls him Pussyface in that movie. And I, because I always thought that there was like a, a correlation there between the pussy like face of the Predator. But I didn't realize he, Danny Glover actually calls him Pussyface. Wow. How did I miss that? I don't know, but how did I miss that? I caught it just well, the here, other day. Well, actually, here's here's another
2: weird thing. And by the way, podcast fans, sorry to go off on a tangent, but action movies is, is my stock and trade. I'm back so you so you look at Lethal Weapon 1 which came out in 1987 Danny Glover is supposed to be 50 years old he turns 50 right Predator 2 came out like 5 6 years after Lethal Weapon 1 he looks 15 years younger in Predator 2 like he's like ripped and he's like you know like scaling off buildings and stuff and fighting people it's, you anyway. got him on
1: the same roids. He got Stallone on. Cause he Dude. looks amazing. He's no, like he, no, he Still he's not
2: amazing. jacked, but he's like just like cut and athletic. You know, Danny Glover. Mm-hmm. People people don't but don't sleep on Predator Two. There's a few sequels. I feel like they get shit on. One, I'm I'm going to I'm going to war for Die Hard Two. <laughs> I'm going to war for Ghostbusters Two, and oh damn, and I'm going to war for another Forty Eight Hours. And kiss my ass. Damn, I never even saw that. Listen, there are unheralded.
1: Sequels out there, you just, have to, you just have to know where to find them. You gotta dig deep.
2: Anyway, so tangent aside, we all know, right, you know, because me and you, this is what we do. This is how
1: every time it goes very tangential, very, uh, very. We'll get back to our lane, but it might we take 20 minutes. Listen, I like, listen, I'm, I, you know,
2: really, I should have an action movie podcast, you know, and just, you just, should. just Why talk not? shit. It's too much, too I, much work. You already got this one, dude. I got, I you got bands. You if got I, fucking riffs if I had to execute all the play. dumb ideas I come up with, it would, you know, I would need like, you know, 28 days in a week. But, um, I feel that but um okay so we're th- this tangent actually was was about the coffee that you get on the radical sabbatical
1: oh, oh yeah so oh, we're starting on the day on a radical sabbatical what yes. do i do yeah so the average like wednesday let's say it's like summertime or spring got really heavily into gardening because that's something i was always interested in or interested in but i never got okay. to fucking do because it'll always be like oh you're on tour for nine months and and, and I, you know and those things take day-to-day care and so, uh, you know, wake up, you know, I actually, I get the newspaper delivered to my house. I'll fucking read. Which newspaper? The local one or like the New York Times? The local one. Yeah. Okay. And, and believe it or not, they're still cutting down trees to print out the Internet. But, uh, <laughs> but it's kind of nice sometimes, you know, you go through, you figure out what's happening. My, my, my area, like a real fucking just dad, which I'm not. Yeah. I'm not even a dog dad. I got fish. Okay. Um but uh no I like to uh, I envy you.
2: I was just all this stuff sounds so wonderful. It's to me kinda right nice, now. you
1: know and then maybe I'll uh you know, I'll spend a couple hours in the garden outside and then I'll come back in and fucking play some guitar. I got to actually playing acoustic a lot. I picked up a new Martin. Uh doing all right on here. Um play a lot of acoustic guitar and uh I play I mean I play everything. Um play mostly acoustic though when I'm okay. home and then uh you know play the guitar the heavy stuff when I have to and you know, right. I've been doing some recon shows here and there so I'll oh yeah stuff on that right on. and then I might get a call from tired murder and then I'll have to like sit there and learn crazy seven string riffs all day
2: now did I but. hear why Why did I think you know that there, there was a band that was coming out with you and all the other guys who
1: left a mirror wasn't there a thing there is we're just like taking. oh there is a, a thing a, there is a thing so yeah. who's in it okay so it's uh me uh Marcus Castillo Jesse Keita and Mark Davis. So, like so it is. So it's main, basically it's a musical. mirror without without Frankie. <laughs> right. From it's, that era of a mirror. Yes. And we got this this dude uh, Jake Shaw singing. He used to be in a band Defiler. We toured yeah. In before he's got a really sick voice and he's he's very like well rounded too. He's like he can he can scream really well. He can do like the big singing chorus. Now is this
2: musically are you guys stretching out because I I would imagine with I I feel like I personally would have a tough time being in a band like a mirror because it's so kind of restricted. Yeah, well, yeah, well there's a very definitive like this is what it is.
1: There's like you get a toolbox but it only has like three or four tools in. It. You yeah, get yeah. your junjun open chord, you know, we, you know, you get your tritone bloody chord we like to call it. You get your little insanity chord. Yeah. But beyond that, man, it's yeah. like there ain't too much there to do. But so yes, 100%. Uh we are writing stuff that uh just kind of like scratching a creative itch we all kind of had you know because we mm-hmm. always like kind of were, we, we'd write big melodic parts and stuff like that we just often didn't use them because it yeah. didn't serve the band no every time it would have been weird you,
2: you guys know? would have like a cool part that was almost like a deftones part yeah. or something you guys i definitely would hear it in there like where you guys have something to be like real spacey like with cool effects exactly, and yeah, stuff yeah we so. love that
1: shit. and you yeah. know and, and honestly like you know doing that stuff is awesome and we, we definitely did it here and there in a the mirror but it is kind of cool to be able to like you know move beyond or not move beyond but like you know express that a little bit further and kind of dig in a little deeper and 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 actually try writing like just a totally different genre is there a name for the band? Yeah, painless. Painless. Painless, painless is going to be. Is there a the label band. for the for the band? No label. Um Right now, all we've got doing do is kind of. We're just kind of getting our ducks in a row. Like I, um, I might have like a. I could probably. I could send you a couple songs. Um yeah. We we recorded five songs with DL from uh, DL Laskiewicz, from the Casey Strain, formerly of A Casey Strain legend. Also, also X Men alumni. All right. The this is a this is a
2: club, right? Dude, you're in a yeah, you're in a very fucking, I feel I feel like a very exclusive club cool. here. So, a lot of homies. Yeah,
1: it's nice. I'm yeah. Not getting jumped in.
2: <laughs> this is jumping. In. You have to be. You in. have to be pummeled by my my conversation and little, and uh, and talking
1: about myself. And... I dig it. You've done very little talking about yourself. You're moving this along quite well. Um, but uh, where where were we already? Um, so you're talking. You
2: getting... So so DL. Oh yeah. So you... yeah.
1: We did five songs with DL, and uh, I went to Massachusetts and uh, recorded guitars with them. And then we had Marcus Dillo, He's just close by, so he was tracking drums with them there. And then uh, we actually did vocals out here in California uh, for Jake, because it was a lot easier to, than flying him out over there. But um, we're just kind of uh, gonna see what happens with it. We have a couple of videos we're working on right now. Like uh, we have some dudes pumping out some shit for us. And uh, we're kind of just getting all our ducks in a row so that we can like launch something.
2: When it actually happens, it'll be yeah, We're we're, we're trying to
1: get everything like lined up at this point. But for now, it's everything's pretty much quiet. We have everything kind of like sitting in the background. All the social medias are kind of like not active, but ready to go. And we have like video stuff, you know, getting made. uh, and the songs are recorded, so that's cool. And we're just gonna see where it goes. See if people not? like it, see if, if they do, we'll pursue it. If no one gives a fuck, then hey, whatever. Yeah, I feel,
2: <laughs> I feel that. Well, I'll tell you, I'm excited to, to, to hear it. And um, I'm just, you know, I think the thing about this show is obviously we talk a lot about where people are coming from, mm-hmm. but it, it never, the show, and this is why sometimes the shows go long, because until we find out the full circle, about where the where you are, where the people are at now, and how you've kind of concluded this stuff. And it's, of course, it's never a conclusion, right? We're, yeah, we're we're gonna live. Hopefully, we'll live long lives and and do all kinds of different things. But um, you know, I'm really glad to hear your your you're, 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 just out, you're just out in the game, man. You're killing yeah, man, it. Dude. You know, you're still chilly. Still got that dope coffee. You know, you. You you told me about the radical sabbatical. I think I need, I think that's just really that's what I was wanting to do all the time. I highly
1: recommend to like anybody. Like if you are feeling like a little stressed out by things and you got a little extra money in your bank account and can figure out a way to take some time off, it can be fucking awesome. Cause I, I really just, it was, it was nice to like get back to being a person. Cause as you know, you go on the road for, you know all fucking year. You start. It's like almost like you're like time traveling. Like all of a sudden, like you know, your neighbor will have a kid, yeah. and then you'll like go back for a barbecue, and the kid's like six. And you're like, <laughs> what the fuck just happened? It just like and it just it just goes by in a blink of an eye. And uh, you know, and fucking, it's nice to go have dinner with my parents and and uh, and just be uh, available to the family as well. Because that's a big thing. I feel like I was missing out on the road. I'd, I was constantly missing family stuff, and I'm really tight with my family. Yeah. And so it was like uh, it was that was the best part of the whole thing. Think. And also, you know, it's nice to like not have to call my girlfriend. You know, it's mm-hmm. nice to just be next to her, <laughs> not not have to like miss her all the time and shit. It's, right like, on. It's man. Tough. But yo, man, you know. I think that's awesome place to wrap it
2: up. Thank dude, you yeah, so much gotta for watch being
1: the on Rivers of Nile, dude. They're sick.
2: I know. We're gonna go run inside and watch Rivers of Nile. Fuck
1: yeah! Boom. They're so sick. We we never see be be
0: Iconic radio stations in America. Profiles. The Wrath of the Buzzard. P-R-O-H Files. Subscribe now wherever you get podcasts
2: and listen to something about the Beatles now at Evergreen and wherever you get your podcasts. So, that track was called Spellbinder, and it's from Mike's new band with the remainder of the guys that left Immure. And the name of the band is called Painless, and that track is called Spellbinder. They just released it a couple days ago, so I would say the timing is very, very good. And I think that song is very, very good, much different than I was expecting and probably you guys were all expecting when you think about Amir's style. So these, these guys are versatile musicians, and uh, thank you so much to Mike for taking the time to be on the show it was fantastic. I I really do love that guy and, and hopefully I, I get to see him soon. And by the way, he I had filmed that or or recorded that interview before the show and he just killed it with Diarda's murder. He was so tight. So he good. He good at guitar. And yeah, I'm actually very excited about that new band, Painless. Um, so I guess that's from a record coming out called No Help. And uh, I don't really know that much about it. Hopefully, I'm sure it's on a label, it'll be out there, it'll be playing some shows. So definitely check that out. I'm sure you can stream that. And uh yeah, man, that's 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 pretty much it. You know, I'm, I'm out here, you know, I missed most of the 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 finals game, the Cavs and and, and the Warriors. And you know, I'm just I don't know if y'all saw the first game of the finals, but the, but that shit just made me mad. I, I, if you follow me on Twitter, you know I, I hate the Warriors. And I don't hate anything, you know? Like, I could play a pretty bad song or something on here, and I'd be like, man, you know, they, they trying. But I just hate the Warriors. The Warriors are like, I don't know. It's like uh, if Bill Gates, if someone just gave him a yacht, you know, and then you're like, yeah, man, Bill's killing it. No, he's not. He, he was already killing it. He, he, now he has a yacht. Now he has, and he puts that with the other, and now he just has like, 93 yachts, you know it's not that exciting, you know. So I I'm not, I I'm not love LeBron because I think he's the best, and I just want him to get all the rings, so that people will, will at least give him the respect to say that. Doesn't matter if you have the most rings; that makes you the best player. And if you get, by the way, if you're listening, to this you're not a basketball fan. I'm sorry, you're just gonna have to deal with it. And, and actually, this is the crib, the you know little, uh you know little notes. You know the crib was it? Crib notes? Crib? What were they called? Cliff notes. That's what it is. It's been a long time since I've been in high school, guys. Uh, little cliff notes. Just LeBron is the man of the moment, and Michael Jordan is was the you know considered to be the greatest of all time, and so it's hard to to disagree with that. You know when you look at the resume, but um, you know I'm just mad because I, I missed part of the game and I saw the Cavs just got their ass whooped all up in the butt. You know, just 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 knocked on the, the face. It's terrible. You know, so I, I guess I'm not that mad that I missed it, but it's you know, these are the sacrifices I make, guys, being on the road. All right, usually I would be I would be in the in the front row of my couch watching watching the game, but now I'm just watching on my phone beforehand. So, yeah, I think I'm just rambling over here. It's okay. I can do it. you know, this is my podcast. I can just do watch this. See nothing. I can just seen fart, right? I just say that and y'all can take it you have to take it because it's just my show this is ridiculous that you know people can do this you you know on radio you get kicked off and now everyone has a podcast you can just say whatever so yes this sad experiment has ended in tears i love you guys mamba out